0: couple of companies coming together on this Monday. Lennar agreeing to acquire Cal Atlantic Group, $5.7 billion cash and stock deal, forming the biggest U.S. home builder. We also had Novartis agreeing to buy advanced accelerator applications. That was a $3.9 billion cash deal. Bill Casey is vice chair of transaction advisory services over at Ernst & Young. Here to we'll talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the M&A environment. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Carol. Based in... Uh, Miami. Correct. In our New York studio. Uh, When you look at the M&A environment, we do see a fair amount of deal flow. And I feel like it's not always exciting, but it's some substantial deals.
1: What does that tell you? Well, I would say, you know, first of all, I think it's really amazing the resiliency of this deal market, despite all the geopolitical shocks that we've had over the last few years, the fact that we've had two hurricanes and the devastation of the forest fires, the deal market continues to be very healthy and very very stable. We just came out with another edition of our Capital Confidence Barometer Survey, and seventy three percent of the respondents said that they see this as a very healthy and stable deal market. And that combined with the fact that we just came off of two quarters of three percent GDP growth,
0: mm-hmm. this is a good market to do deals. What's the biggest factor? Is it just the economic outlook? And it's not just here in the United States, we're seeing it globally.
1: You know, I think the there's a couple of factors. I'd say, you know, first and foremost, it's just the disruption that's happening across all sectors. The disruption of digital, uh, we're seeing a lot of deals cross sector. Mm-hmm. And the fact that every business, every sector is getting their business models are being challenged and the ability to future proof a business, lots of strategic reasons to do deals combined with, you know, all these great conditions that are in the market right now. We have uh a lot of available credit at historical low rates. Mm-hmm. Shareholder activism continues to push companies to focus on growth uh, beyond, uh, let's say, organic growth. And, uh, you know, the fact that the convergency of technology across sectors is really driving the M&A market continues to do so
0: across all kinds of sectors.
1: Across all sectors, and I would say, look, I'll, I'll pick out, you know, one in particular where we see uh, growth both in terms of number of deals as well as values: consumer products. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you look at, uh, in particular, of, of all the sectors, and one that's probably being the most feeling the most disruption is consumer product products, and the impact of digital, and the fact that companies are trying to align themselves strategically with the changing preferences of millennials. And getting that right. And so you'll see a lot of deals there, both you know, large cap deals and a lot of very tactical, strategical deals.
0: Bill, I'm curious, when you talk about that consumer product space or retail space, how do people view Amazon, friend or foe? You
1: know... Um, I'm not going to talk about specific deals, but I think... But you
0: can't talk about those spaces unless you think about the impact Amazon is having. And do people feel like they need to have some kind of link up with Amazon or trying to figure out how to do it alone through another deal?
1: Well, I think, you know, clearly the disruption that's going going on in the market in terms of, you know, companies that are... uh, viewing themselves as not only just consumer products companies but also technology plays. Yeah. so that's blurring the lines here so clearly um you know business as usual is not going to be the case so i think with new competitors coming into the consumer products business right now that's just going to fuel a lot more deals in the space uh, both from a, a very tactical let's say strategy type play um as well as probably some bigger larger deals as well
0: what kind of activity do you expect in the last we got the last quarter here
1: I would say, um, you know, I think we're probably going to see uh, probably an uptick, probably in the and uh, probably the smaller deals, um, particularly as it relates to private equity. Private equity right now is very, very uh, focused both in the technology space, mm-hmm. and we've seen this this significant amount of deals primarily focused on software. I think the next generation is going to be more around artificial intelligence, machine learning, internet of things. So I think you'll see a lot of PE. I mean, PE is at historic, historic levels of dry powder. PE is also pretty focused on consumer products. But having said that, um, we've seen in our our survey that companies with revenues over 5 billion also see an uptick in deals. 74% of them said that they expect to execute a deal in the next 12 months.
0: What does the political climate mean for deals going forward. Uh, you know, it's interesting today because there's concerns that um, in terms of tax reform or tax changes that maybe the corporate tax relief will be uh, brought in over a period of time. We've seen the small cap space, which had run up on expectations of it happening maybe sooner rather than later, if indeed it goes through, they were selling off. So how does the whole political landscape yeah, play I'd into say, all of this? Yeah, just
1: to put some context on this. First and foremost, companies do deals for strategic reasons. That's number one. If, if there is relief on tax reform lower rates, if um, there are lower uh, tax rates on the repatriation of offshore earnings, clearly that is going to be a boost to the MA market no question about it but but it, say, but
0: it wasn't last time when we when we saw money you know repatriated back it went into buybacks and dividends it wasn't spent necessarily on capex or other things why do you think it would be different this time around
1: you know it's interesting we've in discussions that that we have with our clients on the larger cap companies um, what you'll see is that it's actually quite the opposite this time they're looking at that money to reinvest into their portfolios and grow the business i mean clearly there's going to be some portion of that that will be for Dividends and buybacks, but in the clients that we've talked to, uh, that the larger cap companies that have a significant amount of cash offshore, you know, they're really looking to this to invest in their business and to further fuel an uh, organic growth.
0: Would this be doing with U.S. companies buying other U.S. companies? And I bring that up because I just had a discussion with someone, uh, a couple of people who were talking about kind of what's the the global environment, manufacturing environment, innovative. Uh, environment outlook going forward. And a lot of these companies, U.S.-based, talked about bringing stuff back home because they say already policies have changed and they're paying tariff, tariffs, you know, in terms of goods coming in. So I'm just curious if that has changed kind of the M&A thinking, that rather than doing cross-border deals, mm-hmm. they want to do more deals in their domestic home.
1: Yeah. So I'd say in terms of what we've seen in this survey, the U.S., for U.S. Uh, buyers, the U.S. is still the number one destination. Canada's number two. And interestingly, China. China's back on the scene. Uh, in terms of being a top destination, and you know, again, it's I'd say it's a couple of factors there. Primarily, the maturation of the corporate culture within China, and just the sheer size of that economy, and likewise, the Chinese companies are doing internal deals as well. So, uh, you know, we've seen an uptick in the level of interest to invest in China,
0: um, but cross-border as well as China investing in China. Correct. Um, what's the one risk to kind of the M and A environment right well, now? I think. Especially since I feel like everybody just brushes everything off. It's a, it's kind of astounding. You know, I think
1: it, it focuses on two things. You know, I talked about before. The number one reason companies do deals is for strategic reasons. So getting that right, making sure that, you know, you've really challenged the thesis in terms of, you know, is, there, is are you future-proofing your company? Have you thought through the strategic side? That's what our clients are asking us about. And then I, secondarily, it's really the integration risk. And integration has gotten dimensionally more complicated for two reasons. One is... Uh, These deals tend to be cross-border. Two, um, you've got companies that are crossing sectors. So now you have to understand another sector. I'd say three is just the sheer volume of data and the ability to process that data using data analytics to capture those synergies.
0: Nice to get some time with you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Bill Casey, Vice Chair of Transaction Advisory Services at Ernst & Young, based in Miami, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio.